Canther embroidery breathes new life into old textiles and is one of India's most treasured examples of artisanship. The basis of the art of Canther is the spiritual practice of making whole again that which is fragmented or broken. The word Kantha is Sanskrit for rags and was an oral tradition within Indian communities providing a cultural marker of identity and inherent symbolism, speaking of both culture and place, adding a much-valued dimension to these beautiful embroideries. And according to Patrick J. Finn in his book Quilts of India, a Sanskrit proverb states, Slowly one stitches rags, slowly one traverses the path, and slowly one climbs to the top of the mountain, connecting the craft to the deities of Chindadeo and Chindadevi, the Lord and Lady of Tatters. If ever there was a form of embroidery that served as a cultural marker of identity imbued with symbolism and a unique visual language, it would be that of India's beautifully expressive and tactile Cantha work embroidery. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Cathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast, surprise, surprise, whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. These resourceful Indian women have taken the idea of repurposing worn-out textiles to another level, extending the life of precious garments, forming an embroidery tradition extending from the Bengal Cantha to the Gudri and Rali traditions from Western to Central India to the Sujni of Bihar and other traditions across India. Originating in the rural villages of Bengal, Cantha all but disappeared in the early 19th century until it was revived in the 1940s by the daughter-in-law of the Bengali poet and Nobel laureate Rabindranath Tagore. Cantha work is a technique usually passed down from mother to daughter. Never commissioned by kings or landed gentry, this craft was practised by women of all rural classes, from the wealthy landlord's wife to the tenant farmer's wife, from the elaborately embroidered quilt to the thrifty coverlet, both equal in beauty and skill. And the language of the Cantha is built on the basic Cantha pour, the simple yet highly effective running stitch that lends itself to innumerable variations. 
How do they do this? By introducing or removing spaces, adding a stitch and incorporating other creative embellishments. And the names used for these stitches, continually adding to the embroidery vocabulary with words referencing everyday objects in the embroiderer's surroundings, include the box stitch, the ant stitch, the bend stitch, mat stitch and others. Patterns are traced onto the fabric, then worked in a variety of stitches, including darning stitch, satin stitch, stem or split stitch to create geometric or nature-inspired designs. Long, uneven running stitches create the dotted look synonymous with canther where a design technique known as modelling creates tightly packed rows of parallel stitches to highlight the central design. While using the exact same running stitch, it does not call for nor require the precision most traditional quilters would be looking for in their quilting stitch. And therein lies the beauty and creative appeal of canther embroidery. Contrast is created by adjusting the density of stitch to decorate patterns inspired by the mandala, a 100 or 1000 petal lotus flower. At least a dozen distinct types of canther are sewn in Bengal and Bihar today, creating small bags, square wraps for carrying, heavily padded quilts and decorative cloth used during religious ceremonies. Early literature and oral traditions celebrate the cantha in its humblest domestic form. Jima cantha, patched threadbare pieces of cloth held together with the cantha stitch, upcycled and reused worn out pieces of sari and dhotis. Cantha is renowned for its thrift and creativity, forming new textiles such as quilts, spreads and wraps, embroidered and imbued with protective and talismanic symbols, as well as a social commentary of the customs of the times. It's customary for a bride in a rural community to take four to six canthas with her into her new in-law's home. The designs could include messages to loved ones or floral and figurative imagery extending the allegories on folklore, legends and religious themes. The Craft Revival Trust of India houses a stunning cantha quilt featuring the lotus, dancing figures and other auspicious motives symbolising the feelings, blessings and wishes of the embroiderer, all without the use of words while another heirloom cantha uses an embroidered message from the maker who specifies that while her fabric may be worn out, her threads, like her embroidery, remain new and bright. The foundation all over embroidery is worked in the cantha pore stitch in a colour similar to the basic fabric, usually cream or white. While almost indistinguishable, this embroidery adds to the canthus unmistakable, highly appealing, rippled three-dimensional effect. 
inspiration for newer canther design came from the charm of the Calagat paintings, a school of art founded in Kolkata during the 19th century. The Oriental school of Calagat painting predominantly used religious figures, scenes and sacred texts, while the Occidental school depicted ordinary people engaging in everyday life, capturing the changes taking place in Kolkata at the time. This included commentary on social evils such as crime and expressions of support for Indian independence. These paintings also satirised the emerging anglicised class, the Babus and the Bibis, an elite culture of Kolkata, a remnant of the Baroque colonial Kolkata where a neo-urban race of high-class flamboyant Bengali gentlemen came into being as a result of their intimate interaction with the British in the late 18th and 19th century in Kolkata. And as Indian embroiderers do so well, contemporary motives juxtapose effortlessly with older, more traditional motives. Traditionally, threads were pulled from the borders of saris and dhotis, so availability, rather than a predetermined colour palette, determined the colours used, with the most common palette including red, black, blue and white. Many canthers now use a variety of colours, indicating that new yarn has supplemented or substituted the old. And while the process and aesthetic of these repurposed textiles are deeply seated in ancient roots, it appears to have cut across the social, economic and religious divides as canther making was widespread across undivided Bengal. This centuries-old tradition is one of the oldest forms of Indian embroidery able to be traced prior to 1500 BCE. The earliest written record of Canther is dated 500 years ago in a book titled Sri Sri Chattanaya Chat Amrita by the poet Krishnadadas Kavraj. He writes how the mother of Chattanaya sends a homemade canther to her son in Puri via some travelling pilgrims. Sadly, the earliest material evidence of this domestic tradition dates from the early 19th century. Remember, this work includes the worn fabrics from previous garments that were already given frequent use before repurposing and the tropical climate of Bengal was not conducive to conservation of these fragile fabrics. Gudri Kantha Dahore Gudri meaning heap or rag, depending on the language, and Tahor uh, translates into layers. So in this context refers to embroidery worked onto a quilt using a variety of materials layered together, ranging from silk to soft cotton, stitched with thousands of tiny, delicate canther stitches. And no two Gudri canther Tahor are alike. Each one is a little different from the previous, imprinting the maker on each of these quilts. 
Another form of quilt using canthus stitch are the many variations of Raleigh quilts, the traditional quilted textiles from northwestern India to eastern Pakistan, featuring patchwork, embroidery and appliqued designs. Raleigh quilts made by the nomadic Sami people who travel the many regions of the Tar Desert in their annual migrations between Iran and India are identified by their intricate multicoloured stitching over a solid ground, usually in a concentric rectangular pattern. These types of Raleigh quilts are an indicator of wealth and status, showcasing the centuries-old folk embroidery traditions of these nomadic tribes, where the stitching of these quilts is a community project. Vaishnav canthas were embroidered invocations in the name of the Hindu gods, Lord Rama and Krishna, avatars of the god Vishnu, where the repetition of these holy mantras is seen as an act of piety. The 21st century sees the continuation of the traditions of Cantha embroidery, pushing the boundaries of this historic craft by reinterpreting it for a contemporary worldwide market. Today, it's best known as a set of embroidery techniques rather than as a means of repurposing worn out textiles. Yet this rich tradition of cantha is now highly popular in the West where meaningful, well-stitched work with a low environmental impact of using recycled textiles is paramount. Up to 50,000 women produce cantha work domestically, describing their work as gorbosakaj, meaning home-based work harnessing its original form into a commercial skill, producing a significant product for both domestic and overseas markets. Not only has this ensured the continuity of the Cantha tradition, but it's also led to economic and social transformations in the lives of these embroiderers who go beyond economic empowerment as their creativity leads to further development of form, materials and the growing vocabulary of motives and patterning. Cantha work is now considered an art form rooted in history, human connection and culture, offering an outlet for the self-expression and the aspirations of the maker. We can't change the direction of the wind, but we can adjust the sails. Indian proverb. And that's exactly what Indian embroiderers have done with their Cantha work adjusted, as India has always done. I know I say this time and again, but this topic is so worth further research. Indian Cantha embroidery is so expressive and so very real. Thank you for your time. It's always greatly appreciated. As always, there's so much more to discover. Stitch Safari's now reached over 5,500 downloads and that's all thanks to you. It's also been mentioned as one of the 
20 Best Embroidery Podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine and listed in the top five textile industry podcasts as at September 2021 by Feedspot. And I'm extremely grateful. Please leave a message and subscribe to the Stitch Safari podcast. There's just so much more to discover and it's all so fascinating. I do post interesting tidbits on Instagram and Facebook from time to time, as well as book reviews and a blog on the Stitch Safari website. So do head on over. Till the next episode of Stitch Safari and more embroidery adventures. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.